they say, I think I'll be a great freelancer for you. I feel I can get the job done on time. I believe I can deliver a quality product. Don't say any of that. I know I can deliver a quality product. I will get the job done on time. There is no, I think there is no, I feel you know, be confident enough to be like, you know what? You're welcome that I applied for this job. Just having that confidence and not kneecapping your sentences is going to be an absolute game changer as well. What's up everybody. And welcome to another episode of the self-made web designer podcast. So glad that you're here with me this week and sincerely hoping that you all are staying safe, you're staying bunkered down, and you're staying sane wherever you are. I know that this is a tough time. You're probably uh, a little on edge from being around your family 24-7. And listen, I know, don't get me wrong, I love my family. They're wonderful. They're fantastic. But you can only listen to Frozen 2 playing in the background so many times before you go absolutely nuts. Hopefully this podcast is a break in your week. Hopefully this is a light point in your journey and it encourages you in this really weird season of the world that we have going on right now. This week we have an amazing freelancer with us giving some awesome insight to you on your journey as a web designer. And guess where she's doing it from? She's mainly getting projects from Upwork. And you're like, Chris, how could that be? Upwork is a race to the bottom. There's no good projects on there. Everybody's underbidding everybody and it's a waste pool for freelancers. And I'd like to propose that you are very wrong. In fact, just this last week, Morgan crossed the $300,000 mark from projects that she has gotten on Upwork. You better buckle up and you better get ready. Grab a cup of coffee, get your hair brushed, sit back, and let's give it up for Miss Morgan Overholt. Well, hey, everybody. Today we have Morgan Overholt of Morgan Media LLC. Morgan is an incredible graphic design freelancer has, who has been doing amazing things. Last year alone, she earned $200,000 off of Upwork, uh, which is just fantastic, has an incredible background, and I'm excited for you to hear her story. Morgan, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit of your background. Tell us your story, how you got to where you are today. All right. So basically, guys, I've always been a bit of a, a nerd at heart. I'm a proud of card-carrying geek, we'll say. When I was a teenager, I was the kind of kid that would sit at home like on the weekends, in the summer, you know, on her computer, working on her Harry Potter, you know, fan page website. I'm doing all these super, all these, all these things that would have seemed probably geeky or, or even um, to my parents, <laughs> probably if you ask their opinion, a waste of time back then. Well, really, I was silently honing these skills that would eventually um, pay the bills one day. So it's pretty incredible. Um, that's that's kind of the the origin story, if you will. I eventually went on to go to college. I did receive some professional training in graphic design. After that, I would enter into the corporate realm where I worked as a graphic designer for nearly two years. I was feeling rather unfulfilled. I tried to make several different career changes, you know, blaming this, blaming that, blaming people for holding me back, blaming the glass ceiling for not getting to where I wanted to be, uh, blaming graphic design, blaming, you know, the categories, 
all these different things. When one day I finally just snapped and thought, okay, why am I really not being fulfilled here? And it's because I wasn't able to call the shots because I wasn't able to have that control. And I started to consider a life of, well, what if I was in control? What if I started my own company instead? And that's finally when I decided if I wanted to do that, I would have to explore the possibility of freelance full time. Yeah, that is that is awesome. And I, I think, you know, something something that you kind of realize when you start calling the shots is that it, there's still some difficulty to it. You know, it's still it's still a, a grind. And sometimes it's even harder than going to work just at a company full time. But it, it's it's worth it if you have that in you to see like. Hey, like I'm, I'm doing this thing. Like this is me. Everything rises and falls on whether or not I can do this. So talk a little bit about that, about that trade-off of like being full-time doing your own thing versus being a part of a company. Well, first of all, I always tell people, look, freelance is not for everybody. Okay. I, in fact, that's the number one thing that I hear all the time. And I talk to my friends about, you know, freelancing or starting your own small business. And by the way, that is what I consider myself to be. I mean, I am a small business, essentially, at the end of the day. I think that sometimes the term freelance is almost overused because while sure, freelance is associated to gigs and more or less that is what I do, 90% of my clients are long-term clients. In fact, of the current clients that I have right now, I would say I've been working with probably 75% of them for more than a year now. So it's, it's not quite as gig and as temporary and as short term as, as I think that um, people often have in their heads. Um, but I digress. That that's oftentimes I, something I hear from people. They say, oh, I couldn't be a freelancer. Oh, I couldn't do what you do. Because there is a certain amount of grit required to do this. I knew in the back of my, in the back of my head and in my heart that this was something that I could do just because when I was an employee, I was that person who was staying at the office late who was going home on the weekends to like to study, to be a better employee, putting in the overtime, you know, wishing desperately that my bosses would take note of what I was doing, going the extra mile. Just, I was convinced if I just worked hard enough, if I just showed enough passion, if I, you know, that someone would notice me, that they would give me the opportunity that I needed. And yet every single time I, I, I did those sorts of things, I just wasn't seeing that return that I really wanted. Meanwhile, I felt as though I would see other people come in because they were Bobby Sue or, or Billy Jean's cousin, you know, come in, put in half the amount of work, get that promotion that I've been trying to score for the last, you know, three, four years. And I'm sitting over here like, well, hello. <laughs> you know? So I, I knew I had that personality going into it. Honestly, I knew that I was an incredibly hard worker. I knew that success was and insanely important to me. I knew that I was a risk taker. Um, and, and I think that if, if you were that kind of person, like if you're putting in those hours, I mean, it was all I used to think about to me. I'd come home to dinner and I would say, oh, well, you know, well, this happened at the office, me up late at night. And I would sit there and worry about it 24 seven. I mean, it was playing, it was taking a toll on my mental health. Like that was me. Um, and so when you ask about the differences in as far as, you know, what I was doing before what, what, versus what I am doing now, a lot of it to me, as far as the workload is concerned, is very similar. The difference now, though, is I see the immediate payoff for putting in all that hard work versus before, I mean, almost net nothing, like nunca. You said something that I think is really interesting that you have, you know, the majority of your clients are people who have been with you for a long time. And to be honest, like, I think that's something in the freelancing world that is rare. 
Um, and so can you talk a little bit about that, how you've, how you've kept clients, how you've kept people who are just super fans of Morgan Media and everything that you're doing? Actually, I, I would love to see some statistics on that. And it might just be my personal field. Um, but I don't think it's rare at all, actually. I think that's, that's very much, at least in graphic design, that's very much the name of the game is finding a set of clients who need that ongoing work. Um, you know, I, in fact, I even actively seek out clients and small businesses who probably have the need for that ongoing work in a part-time or even almost full-time capacity, but can't quite afford to have that on-staff graphic designer 24 seven. Um, I'm a full-time person, full-time freelancer. So I'm, I'm, I'm here Monday through Friday, you know, like 10 to six every single day, unless I just, I'm, out of the office for a meeting or something like that. I'm reliable. I'm responsive. Um, so I don't think it's at all that unusual. And specifically, I kind of think because I keep the hours and, and the way that I work and the way that I communicate and the way that I am incredibly responsive, I, I think that I just feel that niche for a lot of small businesses and a lot of entrepreneurs. And that's kind of why we have that you know, ongoing bond. Uh, additionally, that's where I, I genuinely think the money is at as well. Um, especially, I know we're going to get into this a little bit later, but um, freelancing marketplaces and freelancing websites like Upwork very much encourage that model because certain platforms have fees that you incur early on. But the longer that you go, those fees get less and less and less until they're almost you know non-existent. And so that can be a great way to reduce your fees and reduce your overhead as time, time goes on as well. Let's talk about Upwork a little bit because I know in general it's looked at negatively. Like, you know, the freelance talent pool, I hear it a lot as an objection like it's a race to the bottom. You can't find any serious money there as a freelancer or a small business. But you've had actually the opposite experience of that. Oh, my gosh, the complete opposite. So I was just talking about this with a friend the other day. When I was at my wit's end at work, and let me tell you, the mindset that I was in like people always ask me, when do you know when it's time to pull the plug? I was at the end of a nine day in a row work week, nine days straight, no sleep, no days off. And it was, I just got off of a double holiday shift. It was the day after Easter and I had worked a double. <laughs> My boss calls me into the office on a Monday morning and the Monday after my double holiday shift. And she, she, she says to me, I think you should spend more time in the office. <laughs> and I just, I feel like my eye twitching, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I just snapped, you know? <laughs> so of course I was, I did my research, you know, I knew when I quit, I was just at my complete wits end, and I would have done anything and, and used any method of making money, you know, to not have to go back to that terrible situation again. And so I did my research like everybody else, you know, how do you freelance on full time, you know, Googling it and all this stuff. And, and, my, and I did have some friends and family that had used Upwork before and who were familiar with it. In fact, my brother-in-law had seen some, some success on Upwork. And so, um, but the problem was when I was looking up the information, I read these horror stories. People online, they, 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 beware of Upwork, you know, this terrible thing happened to me. And, and it, 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 it was almost so scary that like, I thought for a moment, well, maybe it's not worth taking that risk. You know, it, it was these stories are so petrifying that I thought, oh gosh, well, <laughs> what if that happens to me? And it's funny now because looking back, I mean, like you said earlier, I've been on Upwork now for um, about two and a half years, almost three. And I've made a total on just Upwork alone of 
$264,000. Every myth that they tell you as far as, oh, it's a race to the bottom. You can't find you know, work on the platform. I could individually debunk every single one of those things and tell you how and why that was not the case for me. Um, I'll tell you this much. When you go into something like that, if you listen to the haters and you have in the back of your head, you know what, I'm going to fail. You probably will. So step number one to being a successful freelancer, forget about the haters, get rid of the negativity, get your mind in the game. I think it comes down to a, a lot of people who, who tried and were unsuccessful in a short amount of time and, and just didn't keep going or, or figure out why they weren't finding good projects or figuring out like, okay, you had a crappy client. Like it happens to all of us, you know? So pick yourself up, wipe yourself off and keep going. Don't just, you know, spin some story about how it was the platform and not something that you did, like not taking personal uh, ownership of your mistakes versus like, Hey, this, this platform just sucks. Don't use it. You know? Right. Well, and honestly, that's the other thing you should always go into it you know, into freelancing, into using a platform like Upwork, like it's a small business. So you can look at any small business, right? You could walk into the local, you know, CVS down the street or the local office supply store down the street. And I guarantee you, they have a certain amount of loss every year because of theft. Um, I guarantee you, they have hateful clientele. They have, you know, employee problems. No small business, well, no business in general, small or large, is a walk in the park 24-7. <laughs> You're going to have obstacles. But the difference between a, a successful business owner and one who is not is a successful business owner looks at those obstacles and says, okay, well, how can I overcome them? So A, B, and C happened to me. How can I prevent A, B, and C from happening as often? How can I you know, fix that, adjust, and then move on? Um, you know, Upwork and Upwork is no different than that. It took me two weeks on the platform to even get my first nibble. But I sat there and I applied for jobs every single day, day and I was convinced my I convinced myself I was going to make it work, and I and I just did it. And sure, I had a couple of bad experiences early on with a couple of clients that were less than ideal. Even still, today I'm three and a half years, well, almost three years into it now. And every once in a while, I still get that client. I would say happens 1% of the time. That's just, you know, we're not really, we're not really clicking. <laughs> so that's, but that's just business. It is just business. You have to take the hits. You got to take the punches with the successes and you've got to learn how to grow from the punches. Yeah. And, and I really love your mindset for, for looking at what you do, not as well, I'm just a freelancer, but, but actually I'm a small business and so having that mentality, I think, is is very helpful for growing and and also st sustainability, you know, um, when it comes to staying into what you're doing for as, for as long as you have. Because I think, you know, I would love to see some stats on this, too. But I, I imagine that there are a lot of people who get started in freelancing, dabble in it a little bit and then give up after a few months. So talk a little bit about your mindset, because I think that would be really helpful for people to hear. Well, like I said, I was at my complete wit's end when I quit my last job. You know, I was even working overnight. Like I said before, I worked holidays. I remember the New Year's Eve before I quit, I had to had to get up for work the next morning at two o'clock in the morning. So I went to bed on New Year's Eve, I think at 5 p.m. Uh, yeah, like my husband brought me like a little champagne flute with like a little half glass of champagne and we watched the fireworks in like Germany or something. I can't remember some other countries that I would feel like I was there for New Year's Eve. Um, 
so I was just, I felt like I'd missed out on so much of my life because I had given my soul, my heart and soul to the corporate culture and the companies that I worked for, um, that I would have done literally anything not to go back to that corporate world. I felt like I had pretty much exhausted. Um, I, I tried, I literally tried everything. I mean, and the more I gave of myself, you know, the less return I was seeing, I was just, it was just taking a toll on my mental health. So when I went into all of that, yeah, I, I, I told myself, all right, look, you know, if I have to, once again, stay up later, work weekends or work crazy hours, it's not going to be that different than what I was doing before. This time I will see the benefit of it. I knew in my heart and back of my head that I, that was the eventual goal. And so I treated my clients, you know, like I, I, I would personally want to be treated if I were, you know, in their shoes, I made customer service, a priority. I made communication and responsiveness, a priority. I didn't worry about things like bad experiences. I didn't worry about things like, you know, incurring fees. I worried about things like growth. I worried about things like return on investment, ROI. I mean, no small business is without some sort of fee. I run into clinic freelancers all the time who say, oh, I can't do that because, you know, this site charges a 2% fee or what have you. Well, once again, if you want to look at the retail model, you know, it costs money for them to stock their stores. What small business owner doesn't have some kind of fee or some, you know, some, some, some something like that that they have to they have to pay to actually make a profit or, or have to invest in to make a profit, whether it's renting out an office or renting out a retail space or or getting the product or or what have you. And I think when you go into it with the business owner mindset, everything seems a little bit different. Going into it with the mindset of I'm gonna make this work, just how am I gonna make it work? You're, you're way better off. And that, and that was very much my mindset early on. I mean, it's not without its freak out moments. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I had plenty of moments where I'm like, I'm only going to eat ramen for the rest of my life. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's difficult to wake up every morning and, and feel like you totally got it together. Uh, but for the most part, you just got to keep yourself in that mindset and concentrate on what you're building uh, and, and let, don't focus quite as much on the risk. Well, and you mentioned something about uh, customer service, and I, I think it's it's really the the soft skills a lot of time that play into um, really making a wow moment for a client as a freelancer um, than it is even sometimes the hard skills, you know. And I, and I think a lot of the freelancer community focuses on the hard skills of like, okay, how good are you are at designing? How good are you at coding? How good are you at web design? But really like, you know, I've, I've had more of uh, a positive feedback from people who I just, I've treated them well. The website that I built for them was okay. You know, it was fine, but it was because I was responsive. It's because I followed through with my word, just being a, a good human in general. Yeah, exactly. And it's so funny that they do that. And I, I always, I've always wondered why, um, especially with web, web developers or programmers or graphic designers, I've kind of seen that as a reoccurring theme that like, exactly like what you said, they focus on those technical skills and not so much on the soft skills, knowing how to talk to somebody, more importantly, even knowing how to, how to sell yourself and also hold your ground in a way that's not disrespectful to your client. In fact, right before we hopped on this call today, I was actually talking to a brand new client on Upwork that I'd never worked with before. And he had never worked with a graphic designer ever. He'd never worked on the Upwork platform ever. Um, and so there's always a little bit of a, a curve there that you have to communicate with your client, kind of how it works and what the expectation should be. Well, I told him, look, my rate is $100 an hour or 95 bucks an hour, but let's say 100 for easy math. 
And what he needed done is he just needs some like product photos for his website, which is really quick and easy for me. I estimated each product photo to just take about like five minutes worth of time. And so I was like, all right, so look, you're going to be looking at about, you know, six, $7 per image essentially. And he said, okay, well, um, I'll just go ahead and send you $25 now. And then you let me know if you need more money. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I work hourly only on, on Upwork. It's $95 an hour. And the time it takes me, you know, it may vary, but that is, that is the rate that I, I would like um, to, to, or the method in the contract payment that I would like to go forward with. And he came back again. He said, well, why don't I just send you the $25 an hour now? <laughs> and if you need more money, I'll give you more money. And I, I just stood my ground and I said, um, I, I completely understand if that doesn't work out for you. Unfortunately, that is just my policy. Um, you know, so if you need to find another freelancer, there are no hard feelings. And and he said, ah, no, it's fine. I'll just pay you hourly. The thing is, you have to just stand your ground. You've got to be confident. You've got to explain, you know, the reasons that you're doing things a certain way. Um, you know, for instance, I know with a project like that, like 25 bucks, I'll literally go through that in 25 minutes pretty much. And then I'll need, you know, more cash again. It doesn't make sense for doing, you know, a hundred product photos to do it in those increments. So you just have to be clear to your client as to, you know, your expectations, you know, why you want to do things a certain way. And, and typically speaking, if they're a reasonable person, they will understand. Now, every once in a while you reach, you'll encounter a non-reasonable person, all right? And if that person pushes back too much or if they are disrespectful, especially in the early in the early communications before you've taken the offer, I just suggest that you cut bait and bail. Um, if that's a giant red flag, you don't want to be in contact with that person anyway. There comes a point where you have to be okay with hearing with hearing no or with saying no. And I think a lot of freelancers, especially as they're first getting started, struggle so much with that. So tell me a little bit about your mindset with when it when it comes to like, I've got my boundaries, I've got my limits, and I want to make sure that I'm communicating that to clients. And I'm okay if one walks away because another one is going to be right there, right behind them. Well, and I've also been told no a lot in my life. <laughs> And so I don't, I, I don't really fear any of those things as much as I dog and, and, and criticize, you know, uh, the corporate world, I will tell you, it absolutely prepared me for, for what I do today. I mean, Lord knows I have heard the word no so much in my life. Um, I've dealt with you know, difficult clients. I've dealt with difficult coworkers. Um, these things, I, I just don't really really fear them in the way that I probably would have, you know, 10 years ago or when I was just getting started. Because it's, it's exactly like what you said earlier. Um, you know, as a freelancer and a small business owner, because you are calling the shots, you know, one missed client, it's not the end of the world. You have a line over here of additional clients who, you know, are excited to work with a professional and somebody that they can trust to get the job done on time and, and deliver a quality product. So, you know, just, you, you don't need everybody to tell you yes. Um, and in fact, honestly, it's, it's not that different. I would imagine from, you know, using those dating websites, right? Like you don't have to marry every person you go on a date with. I mean, it, there's, there's this whole getting to know you process. And the longer that you spend in that process, you know, and develop that trust, typically speaking, the better the outcome is going to be. You don't need all yeses. So, so let's pivot a little bit and talk about Upwork because I think a lot of people are going to be interested in, in your process for finding projects, for bidding on projects, communicating with customers. So, so give me an overview of what that looks like for you. All right. So I have like a Jedi uh, theory, Jedi-esque theory on how to win clients with Upwork. So first of all, you have to learn how to sell yourself, period. Um, if you don't know how to sell, get a book listen to a podcast, 
what have you, um, know how to ask for that call to action. Like for instance, can I ask you what time it is right now? It's 1137 right now. And see, that was the call to action. It's funny because I, if I want to know the time and I just sat here and I thought, man, I really wish somebody would tell me the time. And I just hope that happens. I really wish that client would hire me. I really wish that client would contact me, but I don't physically ask for that client to contact me or to hire me, or I don't physically or verbally ask, you know, for somebody to tell me the time. Guess what, guys? It's probably not going to happen. Those little tiny things, learning how to ask and be very specific for what you want your clients to do, it makes absolutely all the difference in the world. Every single proposal that I send out, I tell my clients, message me here on Upwork, contact me, we will speak, we will talk about this. Those are the kinds of words that I use. And it's amazing because you change the the verbiage to, to sound more like that. Instead of, oh, if you want to work together, if you choose me versus contact me this afternoon, I can't wait to talk to you. The difference is wild. And so the very first thing I tell people to do is learn how to sell, learn how to write those proposals in that tone of voice. Second, this one's mostly for women, but I'm sure there are some men that do that too. Related to the proposal thing, a lot of women, they kneecap their sentences. They say, I think I'll be a great freelancer for you. I feel I can get the job done on time. I believe I can deliver a quality product. Don't say any of that. I know I can deliver a quality product. I will get the job done on time. There is no I think. There is no I feel. I've seen some proposals because every once in a while I coach my friends on on how to write you know, a better proposal for Upwork. I swear to you, I had a girl approach me one day and she sent me her proposal and she said, well, this is what I send to my clients. You know, What do you think? What's wrong with this? In just a probably 400 word proposal, she thanked them six times. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to read this. Thank you for your consideration. Thank you for looking at my proposal. I mean, it's not a charity. You don't have to thank your clients that much. You'll be confident enough to be like, you know what? You're welcome that I applied for this job. Just having that confidence and not kneecapping your sentences is going to be an absolute game changer as well. The third thing you've got to do, and this is also incredibly important, is you've got to be persistent. I've met way too many people who get on Upwork. They apply for a couple jobs the first day. They don't hear anything and they're like, Upwork doesn't work. I give up. (laughs) It took me two weeks of applying consistently. And I probably sent in, gosh, five, six, seven proposals every single day, um, two weeks before I got my, my first nimble. Two weeks. And I find that that story is fairly consistent. In fact, I did a very unofficial poll on my Twitter before this call today and just kind of asked, you know, how long did it take you, you know, to get your first job on Upwork? And most people who responded said it took them two weeks or more to get their first job on Upwork. And so I think it's completely part for the course. Anything worth having in life is worth working for. So you just got to stick with it. Yeah. And it was, it was three months for me before I even got a nibble. Wow. And then it was yeah, another, see? it was another three months until I got another nibble after that first job. Well, well tell me a little bit about what's next for you, what you're working on right now. Uh, I know you've got a project that you've been uh, uh, pursuing and I'd love to hear more about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, now that I've got the entrepreneur bug, I mean, this, this whole thing, honestly, it worked out so very well. And and we continue to grow every single day. So about a year into my freelancing full time, I essentially um, launched a small agency model. And so today it's no longer just me. I actually employ one full-time graphic designer as a contractor. And then I also have three other subcontractors. I have a branding expert, um, an illustration expert, and I have somebody that helps me with bookkeeping and proofreading. 
which is really great. And so I have a whole little small team assembled. I customize called them my little graphic design Avengers. <laughs> That's what they feel like. Um, so we are growing and we're still growing every single day and able to take on, you know, additional work that we couldn't before. Um, and we've seen so much success. Like I, I have, I've caught the bug now that I've, I'm constantly looking for additional ways to grow. You know, we've been exploring other platforms and other types of work. Um, and then, of course, because I can never be satisfied, I've also started my own side project, um, a travel website called thesmokies.com. And I hope to be able to launch that in the next, oh, well, we did a soft launch the other day, but like a full launch um, sometime this year, which we're really excited about. And thesmokies.com is um, essentially a travel website for um, my hometown where I come from. I'm originally from Tennessee, even though I now live in Miami, Florida. Um, and we just kind of give, you know, visitors and tourists, you know, insights and guides about how to explore the area and, you know, tips and tricks and like tell them where to get discounts and that kind of stuff. But it's really great because I, now that I have this little team of my, my designed Avengers and I have this talent base, I can almost throw them on any project. And we, we are our own small corporation. So we can take on like little internal projects like that, you know, and see where they go. So um, the possibilities right now for for us and my company, to tell you the truth, they they feel endless, and it's a really good feeling um, because it's certainly I would have never had these kinds of opportunities and this kind of flexibility to explore all those different avenues had I stayed in that corporate world and you know where I had people tell me you know you will do this, you will fit inside this box, you will do this for me and you know, do as you're told. <laughs> Don't ask too many questions. Right, man. That's awesome. So, so is, are the people that work for your design Avengers, are they uh, a part of uh, Morgan Media LLC? Are they an agency on Upwork itself or how does that work for you? So yeah, I just pay them um, through Morgan Media LLC. Um, they are, we are not an official Upwork corporation, but at work, Upwork agency, I believe they call it. Um, mostly just because I'm not even sure Upwork agencies exist when I first started or if they did I didn't know about them um and we work we don't just work on Upwork we also have clients outside of the platform um and so I've just found it easier just to pay them directly through Morgan Media LLC um but I am always transparent with my clients so like if you do the agency model um like I if I'm on vacation or I need a day off or something you know I'll even have you know, my, my freelancers say, okay, well, I'll contact that client for you, even if it's on Upwork to make sure they get their job done. You know, always be transparent with your clients. Upwork doesn't mind if you do it that way, as long as you are 100% on the up and up and tell your clients what's going on. <laughs> don't, don't be sitting there farming out work and your clients think you're doing it and somebody else is doing it. All right. So as long as they know that your, your crew exists, it's perfectly fine. Transparency is key. But yeah. Just because of our current model, I, I just pay them directly. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, one one final question. Let's say somebody's sitting out there thinking about going for it. They've had a corporate job. They're not satisfied. What would your advice be for them? Well, first of all, prepare. Um, I was really lucky. I, I have freelanced pretty much for the last 15 years. You know, when I was in college, I was approached by a couple like realtors in town who knew I could, you know, do some basic graphic design and, and they were like, they would pay me on the weekends and knock out a quick flyer here or there. And, and, you know, and I, it's funny cause I didn't think about it at the time, but those things started to really add up and they would go out and tell their friends who would tell their friends who would tell their friends. And, and, and it grew into this like supplemental income. I mean, before I quit, I was probably making, you know, 10 grand every single year freelancing while I was working a full-time job. And I've been doing that since I was 18 years old. 
Um, the funny thing is I just never saw it as sustainable or I just didn't think, I guess I always just thought it was going to go away or it's temporary. I don't know why I never stopped to think, oh, wait a minute. It's been pretty consistent for 10 years without me even trying. So I don't really know why that didn't occur to me uh, at the time. But I would say if you're not like me and you're looking to make that switch, then you probably need to dip your foot into that water a little bit. You know, go out on the weekend and put yourself out there, you know, try to network, try to sign up for one of those, you know, one of those, um, platforms, like whether it be Upwork or, or Fiverr or, um, freelancer.com, you know, give any of those a try, you know, dip your toe in the water, see how it goes, you know, study up, read success stories from other freelancers. Don't waste your time reading about stuff about, you know, scary stories from the trolls. That's just going to get in your head and waste time. Read, <laughs> read stories from people who have been successful Take advice from people who have been successful, Um, you know, and if it's something that you're seeing a little spark, you're saying, okay, you know, this isn't too bad. This isn't too scary. I'm, I'm pulling in a little bit of extra income, then put yourself towards it a little bit more. I always tell people say in the beginning, they're like, oh, well, I don't want to work afternoons and weekends. I don't want to have to do it. Well, then maybe business ownership isn't for you because anything that you're going to grow is going to require a little bit of an investment, whether that's, you know, time or money. But once again, it's just like anything else in life. Anything worth having is, is worth trying for. It's worth working hard towards. So if you think you're thinking about doing it, you know, dip your toes into it a little bit, kind of see how it goes, you know, test the waters before you dive in completely. <laughs> also, it wouldn't hurt to have a small savings account just in case, you know, if you, if you do rage quit your job like I did, it wouldn't hurt to have enough money to make sure you've got your mortgage covered for the next month or two, just in case something bad happens. So just prepare yourself, ease into it, work hard, and you can totally get there. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Morgan. This, your advice has been so fantastic. Uh, if you could tell us tell us one more time how somebody might connect with you or find you online. Yeah, so two different ways. You can go to morgannoverholt.com. You can connect with me there, or you can find me on Upwork. And once again, it's just morgannoverholt.com. It's O-V-E-R-H-O-L-T.com. And if you're looking at doing any kind of traveling in the Tennessee area, the smokies.com. Is that right? S M O K I E S? The smokies.com. T H E S M O K I E S.com. We did soft launch earlier this year, and we're going to be doing a full big launch uh, later this year. So, yeah, it's going to be brought to you by Morgan Media LLC and her team of Avengers. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much again. Good having you on. I'd love to have you on again sometime in the future. Yeah, thank you. Wow, I know there's some awesome, great little golden nuggets for you just to walk away with and start to implement in your freelance web design business or if you're just getting started, something for you to consider as you're reaching out to potential clients. You know, I love the idea of not kneecapping what you are saying to potential clients. You're not saying, thank you so much for just giving me the time of day. No, you're coming with confidence because you know what you have to offer is worth something. So I know that's valuable instruction, a valuable piece of knowledge, and I hope you use it. I hope it helps you. And I can't wait until next week. We've got another freelance web designer who is absolutely crushing it. Her name is Erin Flynn. She's only working two to four hours a day, five days a week, but she's doing that and making six figures a year. If that doesn't make you a little bit interested, I don't know what will. So stay tuned for next week, same time, same place. And hey, if you haven't yet, subscribe to this channel. 
give me a rating, give me some feedback. I would greatly appreciate it and it will help others find this podcast who need it as well. Hope you have a great one. Hope you stay safe. Hope you stay sane. And don't forget, if you don't quit, you win.